Hi, my name is Mandy Jackson Beverly, and I'm a bibliophile. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Bookshop Podcast, where I interview booksellers and independent bookshop owners from around the world. To help the show reach more people, please share with friends and family and on social media. And remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. You're listening to episode 144. Dave's Old Bookshop is primarily a used bookstore in the South Bay of Los Angeles and is owned by Ben Gunther. Hi, Ben, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here. It's good to have you here. When I lived in Manhattan Beach in the South Bay, I used to buy books from Dave's Old Bookshop when the store was situated at Goat Hill Plaza and Dave Prentice owned the store. Uh, I'd heard on a previous episode, you said, I think your husband's from here originally or? Yes, that's correct. His whole family is from that area. I'm glad to see Dave's Old Bookshop is still going. So when did you take over the business and how many years has the store been located in Redondo Beach? Sure. So um, Dave's Old Bookshop was established in 1994 in the old Manhattan Beach location and uh, it moved to Redondo Beach in 2008. It was continuously run by the original owner, Dave Prentice. Um, He was there the whole way until in 2020, he decided to get out of it because it was COVID and, uh, and he was already thinking about retiring. So he put it up for sale and uh, that's when I got into it. And do you now have two stores? I do. I have Dave's Old Bookshop in Redondo Beach, um, which I've been at since um, 2020. And Sandpiper Books in Torrance, which is short jaunt away, but also in the South Bay of LA. And I've been the owner of that um, for three months now. And are they both used and collectible books or are you bringing in new books now? Um, Sandpiper has a larger a larger proportion of new books. I would say it's uh, about um, one third of the business at Sandpiper is new books, but they're certainly both kind of old fashioned throwbacks. They're both uh, used and collectible and uh, and some new. That sounds like a little bit of everything, which is great. And why did you decide to buy a used and collectible bookshop? Uh, it was kind of an accident. Um, you know, I feel like uh, most people who are in this industry kind of, you know, they they had a lifelong dream of it. And, and everyone says, you know, I, I just always knew that I would own a bookstore or wanted to own a bookstore. I didn't know that. It makes sense to me now because, you know, my first job was in a library and I spent all my formative years, you know, in libraries and bookstores, but I thought my career would be something else prior to this. So I had uh, spent uh, some time at UCLA doing a PhD in psychology. Um, I thought that's where, you know, I would spend my life. And prior to this, I was doing um, strategy and management for a psychiatric group. And around COVID, I sort of decided that I wanted to do something different but I wasn't really sure what. So, you know, it was May of 2020 that uh, I was trying to do my own uh, independent uh, management and consulting for healthcare. And I had gone into that wanting to establish, like, basically, there's a management consulting firm. And I spent all of two weeks uh, doing that and looking for looking for clients, advertising, that sort of thing. And I 
remember I went to a, um, I did a virtual webinar on uh, branding and we were talking about how nice it is to do, to have a business that um, has a community angle to it. Right. And, you know, I sort of stewed on this for a while and I was like, you know, yeah, I really would like to feel helpful to the community and what I'm doing. And I, you know, I, you know, was racking my brain trying to figure out how I was going to, how I was going to make that happen. And, you know, I was active on social media and what have you trying to grow my business. And then I just saw an item on the feed about two weeks into June it said, you know, bookstore for sale. Uh, you know, Dave's old bookshop is looking for a new owner, old owners retiring. And I just had sort of a light bulb moment. And I said, that's it. And I thought, well, maybe I can take the sort of skills that I'd been trying to apply and bring them into something like that. Even though it's a far cry from healthcare management, it was something that was exactly filled the niche that I was looking to fill. And are you happy you made that decision? Are you happy doing what you're doing today? Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, I have managed to inherit and also find uh, an amazing crew of staff. I have you know, probably everyone says this and probably not the only one to feel this way, but I think I have the best employees anywhere, you know, and so they help me to keep it running and, and they help me to, um, you know, just be able to, to do things like go out and, you know, find another location and try to expand and try to change stuff. I always know that my, my story is in good hands, you know, at any time. And that's important to know that you have wonderful staff looking after your business while you're not there. Yes. And you mentioned earlier talking about being a part of the community. And that's exactly what being a bookshop owner and a bookseller is all about, building relationships within your community. Again, I, you know, we're so privileged in in the bookselling business that this would be a thing. I don't know that this is a thing in any other sector of retail, but most of my employees have spent at least 10 years doing this. It's what they love and um, it's what they envision themselves doing, you know, for a long time. And it means that customers can come in and know that someone, regardless of whether I'm there or whether any of the booksellers are there, you know, they, they know that they're going to have their questions answered and be able to find something that suits them. That sounds like a community you want to be a part of. Now, it's my understanding that in many used bookshops, owners often offer credit in the store for anyone bringing in used books. Is this something that you offer? We do operate mostly on donated stock. We tend not to issue credits. The reason being that it's it's very difficult to track um, with store credit. It just makes the process a lot more painful for everyone than than we think it could be. So we tend to try to strike some just some goodwill, you know, trade when people come in and uh, and donate books and you know see if we can do something nice for them at the time that they bring it in. But yeah, it's it's very, very heavily reliant on the donations of the community. And so we're very privileged to be in a community where where people are are thrilled to be able to support that, you know, through donation. And would you say you sell more fiction or nonfiction? And is there a specific genre that is a more robust seller for you? Certainly sell more fiction than nonfiction. I've sort of kept a lot of the 
a lot of the niches that uh, the prior owners had established. I certainly don't want to interrupt them since people are already going to Dave's and expecting to see a good sci-fi collection. So we continue to maintain that. We continue to make sure that that the sci-fi is well stocked. We've got a nice display of of what we call vintage paperbacks, right? You know, the, it's basically sci-fi that was that was sold in in mass market in the 60s and 70s. They've got beautiful covers and and there's lots of people who are are highly interested in that. So we we keep those on display a lot and um children's books as well um, tend to sell um, very well. And that's a great segue into my next question, because when I was living in the South Bay, it had a very strong homeschooling community. And with the school closures due to the lockdown, I was wondering if you have found you're selling a large selection of children's and YA books. I would say so. Um, You know, and, and people did start looking for this stuff a lot more. LA was and California had some of the strictest shutdowns anywhere and libraries were outright closed for quite a while. And so a lot of people turned to the, the, you know, the used bookstore as sort of their de facto library. I was homeschooled uh, in Pennsylvania back when it was decidedly untrendy to do so. Yes. I hear what you're saying about not being trendy. We homeschooled our two sons, uh, right up to high school and middle school after the Columbine tragedy. And we just decided to pull them out and homeschool. It wasn't for religious reasons or anything like that, far from it. And trust me, 27 years ago, homeschooling in Manhattan Beach, we had some strange reactions from friends and some family members when they found out we were homeschooling. It was definitely not the normal thing to do back then. Not at all. It's like, it's, it, you, you kind of, uh, you're kind of the weirdo for, for doing so. Everyone knows what kids are going to succeed, you know, <laughs> uh, having, having such dedication, the personalized attention of a parent teacher, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you can't get anywhere else, obviously. Yes. That particular community, the homeschooling community has been, uh, has been pretty vital to us. They've been a great customer base. And I guess I would stress the definition of what it means to succeed, because it really is to me about joy and happiness and being able to problem solve. Uh, it's not about making money, for sure. And the one thing I always stress to parents who come to me and say, we are really having difficulty trying to get our kids to read, is just find books from used bookstores and yard sales and they can be about any topic, nonfiction, fiction, anything, and just leave them around the house because you'll be surprised what your child picks up and what subject sparks an interest in that child. So a, a lot of parents who um, who were sort of thrown into homeschooling um, during the pandemic and they were doing their best, but, you know, having difficulties with virtual education and just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe this was the way to go. Um, you know, they would come in and, and say, I need homeschooling books. And you'd kind of be like, I don't think we have any homeschooling books, you know, but we have a whole bookstore <laughs> from, which you can, from which you can curate your own. You know, I, I think people were just surprised at how do-it-yourself that is. And uh, the bookstore really is a good resource. Yeah, absolutely. And it still is for me. It doesn't matter what age you are, right? 
So since moving away from the South Bay 15 years ago, I've noticed gentrification in certain areas. Has this meant higher rental costs for businesses? And how has this affected your customer base? When Dave moved from Goat Hill to Redondo Beach, and it's, you know, for the listening audience, it's, it, you, had, you have to be there to know what, what the Goat Hill thing is, right? It's in this Manhattan Beach area, which is extremely wealthy, extremely well off, right next to the beach. And everything is new within the last like 10 or 20 years. And there's this old strip mall that's um, got these, you know, Western vintage facades, the kind of things that you see in small Western towns, right? But it's the only one there. And everything around it is high rise and glass and steel. So it's amazing that it's that the center is still there, um, you know, and it was the perfect place to put a bookstore. But Dave had moved to Redondo Beach largely because he was looking to to downsize his store and and he was looking to to get a smaller and more affordable space. And you know, and and it remains, and uh, and it's been a great decision for for him and for us. You know, we're very pleased to be in the location where we are. Is as for gentrification and how it affects business, you know, as you know, it's it's definitely a double-edged sword because it means that the costs are much higher and they're going to continue to increase. And it means that we're going to have to charge more than we really want to for books. But it also means that we've got a wider and um, more affluent customer base that will actually support the store. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And it is happening all over the world. Now, what is your favorite part of owning a bookshop? And are you glad you took over the business? So I love making and doing things that other people use. I just get a great pleasure out of making, out of having an environment or um, or a community that people can come in and feel part of. And that's by far my my favorite aspect of the business. When I first bought a bookstore, I didn't think about it at all. You know, I I hardly did any research. I was I was such a terrible business person from, from that perspective because I really didn't know what I was getting into, but I didn't care either. I knew it would probably be hard. I knew it would have a lot of challenges. And during COVID, you know, everyone's expectation, the common expectation was just this stuff is going away. You know, nobody's, nobody's going to go to a bookstore anymore. And especially you get that kind of attitude in, in LA specifically, you know, that you wouldn't get in, let's say Vermont, you know, places in new England where, where everyone can kind of picture a, a place for a small bookstore, you know, California doesn't have that kind of expectation nearly as much. We knew it would be really hard. It has been really hard. But for us, it's been all about adaptivity and we can't put this square peg into this round hole. We can't impose upon the community this thing that, you know, we've sort of cookie cutter created. We instead have to allow the community to actively play a part in building. So that's what we've tried to do is just be as open as possible, make sure that we can serve every sector of the community, you know, kids, adults, people of all races, people of all cultural, socioeconomic status, various backgrounds. 
and just try to try to be a thing that uh, that we haven't really imposed, but rather we're taking you know what the community wants and we're listening, we're trying to adapt in kind. Well, one thing's for sure, we will always have people who want to read and want to learn. And speaking of which, what are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? I am currently reading uh, nothing at the moment. <laughs> what would I like to be reading? What's on my What's on my list here? What I'd like to be reading next um, is the the Amor Tells books, Gentleman in Moscow, and his newer book. I just find I've found that as I've sold those to people, they've been really receptive to them, and it seems to have. Uh, they've gotten really enthralled by those. So that's next on my list. And where can people find Dave's old bookshop and also your new bookshop? So Sandpiper Books is located in Torrance, uh, at the corner of Torrance and Anza. The website will be sandpiperbooks.org. We've taken it down for now and we're working on rebuilding it. So it's not up quite yet. Dave's old bookshop is in North Redondo Beach in the corner of Artesia and Ringe, about halfway between the beach and the 405. Its uh, website is davesbooks.org. And we're building a third location right now that's going to be in, in downtown San Pedro. Oh, I love San Pedro. And will you carry new and used books in that bookshop? Yes, new and used. We'd really like to be as uh, generalist as possible. Well, Ben, I wish you all the best with your new bookshop locations. And thanks for being a guest on the Bookshop Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you. You've been listening to my conversation with Ben Gunter, owner of Dave's Old Bookshop in Redondo Beach, California. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mandy Jackson Beverly. And check out my website at mandyjacksonbeverly.com. And if you'd like to contribute to the coffee fund, go to www.patreon.com forward slash the bookshop podcast and become a patron of the show. For just a few dollars a month, you get behind the scenes videos and your contributions support the production and editing costs of the show. For information regarding sponsoring an episode, email thebookshoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Theme music provided by Brian Beverly. <laughs>